Welcome to the Whole Church Podcast, your favorite church unity podcast, probably. If you want to hear from pastors, professors, and everything in between, right, sure. And, you know, the occasional train talk. Right, right, yeah. Uh, have we got the podcast for you? All right, everybody, thank you for tuning in to the Whole Church Podcast. I'm your host, Joshua Noel Rodriguez the 15th, and uh, this is just uh, Tiberius Juan the first. Right, yeah. I forgot about the other 14... Joshua Noel Rodriguez's. Yeah. yeah That's the, a long There's only long 13. Time. I'm the 14th. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's a lot. Yeah. There are roughly 300 years of... It's insane. Joshua. <laughs> Same name. <laughs> oh, man. Um, yeah, so we got a special episode today in that we're, we're not going to have any extra guests. It's just going to be me and Tiberius. And it's kind of like a prequel episode. This is really what we should have done before the first episode. Talk about why we do this podcast in the first place. Why do we care about unity? Why is peace with people from other religions even important? What does it have to do with what we're talking about? All of that kind of stuff. we got a lot of stuff to cover. Just kind of prequel stuff that should have... I, I guess, like, it kind of creates a... a um, but what am I trying to say, TJ? Uh, foundation. It's like yeah, it's like a foundation, like tools, words that we can use later on, stuff that we should be familiar with as we have our conversations that we've been already having and are going to continue to have. Yeah, it's good. Foundation is a good word. Yeah. Uh, before we get into anything, though, I'm going to read a comment from Deme Jamie Fortuninus. Fortun Fortunus. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly. It's a Greek name. Neither. Yeah, she's she's from Greece. Lives in Charlotte now. Um, commented on the podcast that we did with Father Jonathan a couple weeks back at Holy Trinity Greek Orthodox Cathedral. Um, they shared it on their Facebook, the, our podcast on their Facebook page, and she commented on that and said, Great show. I listened and really enjoyed it. The sound was a little off, but I'm sure great things are yet to come. Congratulations on your podcast coming from a podcast junkie. So someone who likes podcasts likes our podcast and thinks we should work on the sound. Um, I've already kind of did a little bit of stuff trying to tweak with that, uh, mostly keeping plastic away from me because I'm ADHD and play with things. And then that noise kind of gets into the background. Um, trying not to eat or drink during the podcast because that creates noise and giving a more level thing. I sent... TJ, an article about different little things like that we could do. I don't know right, if you got and that. I definitely read it. You didn't read it, huh? No. <laughs> That's funny. He'll read it later, though. Um, we're going to work on some of that. Um, but also, we're hoping to get some better audio software, which is part of what TJ is about to list for you guys. Right. So the, there are several things that we need. Wait, should we be playing music and passing around offering plates while we do this? Yeah, uh, please find your nearest saucer or bowl or plate <laughs> and uh, put any money you can spare into that. Actually, just mail uh, it to us. drop your address in a comment somewhere. Me and TJ are going to personally drive to everyone's house and hand you a plate. We'll do it like the old old Pentecostal style where we just keep handing. Like, all right, we just need ten more dollars, ten more dollars. Yeah, and we'll just keep going to everyone's house until so that happens. Well, we need a new computer. Uh, we need new editing software. And uh, those two things, I would say, are probably the most important. 
Uh, we need money to travel because uh, it's expensive. That's true. Believe it or not. Uh, longer, bigger goals. Uh, we need a studio. Uh, we need to pay for ads to get the show out there because you guys aren't doing your jobs. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I mean, ads or just shares. You guys could share, and that saves us money for having to add. Uh, we're looking for someone to run our Twitter because uh, the person currently running our Twitter is not good at it. And forgets we have it all the time. Right. Yeah. It's Josh. Yeah, but TJ's live-tweeting this right now, so it's fine. Wrong. <laughs> uh, I've said we, that like twice now. <laughs> we're also looking for someone to make us graphic designs for our various... Graphic design needs. Yeah, mainly the cover photo for SoundCloud and Facebook's the main thing we're looking at right now. And we have decided that it's time for a, a new or an updated theme song. So if someone feels like they can write a theme song for us that just absolutely smacks, please let us know. Yeah, or um, if you can direct us to somewhere we can do that, that'd be great too. We need help. And you guys can do it. We believe in you. The whole church nation. Why? Why don't we have a name for our followers? Are they uh, just the whole church? Should yeah, they should be the whole church. They are the whole church. Yeah. Are we also the whole church? We're all just one. Yeah, I think that's the point. Is that part of what it means to be unity? Yes. Are we starting that talk now? No. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We have an icebreaker. I'm really nervous to talk to you, so. It's important that yeah. we do that. It's extremely important. <laughs> so you should you should get you should oh, okay. I should, yeah. But I'm the nervous one. Yeah, well. Okay. So uh, our icebreaker question today for me and TJ is if we were placed into any space themed media, which one would we choose and why? TJ? Oh, you want me to go first? Yeah. I'm still thinking about right. the answer. So uh, I've thought about this a lot, and there are so many answers, just way too many answers. Because, you know, you can choose Star Trek, Battlestar Galactica, Firefly, Star Wars, anything. Doctor Who, the best TV show. Is that space-themed? A lot of the No. Names. Yes. Space-time-themed, that's different. I count. I count. But uh, I think what I would choose is uh, either Star Wars, but God, oh. only the Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic era, or the uh, the Starfinder tabletop game, because it's very cool, hmm. and it's the one I'm the least familiar with. I respect that answer. Um, the reason I would not choose Star Wars, even though it's my favorite space-themed movies, I still like Doctor Who it, more. Because they're Wars. terrible, terrible living conditions for most people. Yes, and there's a lot yeah. of violence. I don't want to have to work or do anything. Um, Firefly came came pretty close. I love Firefly. I like the Western kind of theme. But then I realized I don't want to work or do anything. So uh, that that one was out too. Yeah. The more well, I, I figured about I'd it, look. I look too much like Nathan Fillion that to way. not confuse people if I were in Firefly. So. That, that's, um, the more I thought about it, I had to go with uh, Star Trek. 
specifically just because uh, all the Star Treks that I've seen, it seems like they're in a far-off distant future where liberalism took over, socialism exists, and people barely have to do anything, really, unless you're part of the Enterprise crew, which I'm not planning on being. I just want to be a stay-at-home dad in that universe. Wow. Yeah. I think you should watch more Star Trek. Everything I've seen so far seems great. They have super good medicines. Everything just kind of takes care of itself. As long as you stay out of the main stuff. Seems like it's a peaceful universe. Oh. Alright. You don't well, think so? Oh, no. Really? Yeah, it's not. I just started watching Star Wars, Star Trek Next Gen. I think that's that's where I'm getting that from. Alright, well. Now we can do the actual episode, now that we're all familiar with each other. Oh, yeah. It's good to get to know you, DJ. Yeah, you too. All right. So, that being said, I got a couple definitions from the Oxford Dictionary. Um, Now, throw out the disclaimer that when the Bible uses these words, it's actual, you know, Greek or Hebrew words. And these aren't definitions for those words, but they're good definitions for what we talk about when we look at the Bible and when we talk about one another. So we're going to look at the definitions for peace and unity and the English Oxford Dictionary. Um, so for unity, we have the state of being in agreement and working together, the state of being joined together to form one unit. That's the origin of the word unity. Unit. Makes sense. Um, and for peace... There was, a, there was a couple definitions. Um, the one I really liked, it says the state of being calm or quiet. It's a pretty simple, good definition. So, they're two different things. I think they're both important to the whole church. Um, we're told in the Bible to be at peace with everyone the best that we can. Which, calm or quiet. Don't start fights for no reason. Yeah, just be quiet. Yeah. With everyone. Yeah, just be quiet with it. Just never, never say anything. <laughs> never speak to anyone who's not a Christian. Um, no, don't talk to anyone. Ever just ever. <laughs> All right, podcast over. Um, <laughs> but uh, unity is a different thing. That's to be in one unit, and that's you know we talked to Pastor Gary twice now. Uh, both times he makes it important that for Christian unity, we both had to be Christians, and that, that makes sense. If you're going to be part of one unit, you have to be. A little bit more in agreement than to be in peace. I don't have to agree with someone to have peace with them. We can have a state of calm and quietness between me and pretty much anyone just by not starting conflict. Right. Yeah. That makes sense to me. Yeah, so I think it's really important that we make those distinctions and we understand the meaning of the words, at least the way that we use them in English today. Yeah. So with that, and, uh, we can start getting oh, into ahead. the Bible stuff. Right. So uh, unity, uh, as it stands, is, according to a good friend of ours, uh, Dr. Beck, is the only prayer of Jesus that we have a say in answering. Yeah, that was, so was that episode 14? Uh, Dr. Beck and Dr. Link? Yeah. Excellent question. I don't know. What, what was the name of that episode? Tribalism and Idolatry Talk. Okay, so y'all, y'all can find it if you just kind of scroll through and look for that. Yeah, It was uh, episode 11. Oh, wow. That's 
way earlier on than I thought it was. Crazy. But yeah, so Jesus prayed for a lot of things, but the, the one that stuck out that Dr. Beck was talking about is when Jesus said, let them be one as we are one. As in the church, the people who believe in Jesus should be just as united as the Godhead. You know, we a lot of us believe, I think most of us, we had, the Mormons were iffy about it. The Trinity being um, God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are all one, yet three distinct things. And what Jesus prayed for is that we'd be just as united as that. Which to me means being so united that it confuses people and they argue about it in theological discussions for years. Like, uh, is TJ and Josh the same person or are they not debate? Well, we are, so. <laughs> uh, God, our voices sound similar enough. Some of our audience might might wonder that. Keep wondering. Yeah. I have a cold. Maybe I sound more different than you than usual today. We actually, uh, and by we, I mean I, uh, to record these two different voice parts, I just talk with <laughs> a can over my mouth. And that's how you get this sound. Oh, uh, yeah. But but in all seriousness, that that is the kind of united that Jesus prayed for. And that's crazy because we, we don't see that. You know, even inside churches, part of why I wanted to do this podcast in the first place is you'll, even in our own churches, you'll hear like, oh, that's something that those Baptists would say, you know, or you can hear, yeah, I used to be a Catholic, but then I found Jesus. You know, even, even as a joke, people <laughs> say that kind of stuff, you know, and it's like, what? <laughs> but, the, and you know, jo- jokes are fine. Jokes are good. But there gets a point where it's like, why do we make such distinct lines between us if we're all Christian? Right. It feels too much like a competition for yeah. everyone all the time. Yeah. Which we talked about some of that with uh, in Teen Church Talk, Pastor Kenny. A lot of that competition, it, it almost seems like sport, that kind of Western culture of it's us versus them. And it's like that's that's not the case. It should be that we're so united that it confuses people. Yeah, it's us versus everything else. Yeah, and that's that's a prayer of unity. That's not a prayer of peace. It's not, Jesus isn't saying, don't let them argue. It's not an absence of arguing that Jesus is praying for. He's praying that we be one unit. And I think that's that can be a really powerful thing. Um, it says that we would be known by what? Our love for one another is what the Bible says. Which... I don't think we are. You know, I think when people think of Christians, they think of people who are saying everyone's going to go to hell, or they're thinking of people who are against this, that, or the other, or they think about a lot of rules, or the church building, or, you know, whatever. I I think it's very seldomly that when someone hears Christian, they go, oh yeah, those people who love each other. Right. We want to be, it's like, you say Christian, and someone says, oh, those freaks that love each other so much. Those weirdos who just get along so well. <laughs> yeah. But that's just not the case. And one thing we run into a lot in this podcast, and I think I've been a little too casual about when people say it. People are just kind of like, oh yeah, that's just how it is. We're people. And yeah, we are people. You know, we're going to be different. But I'm Pentecostal. You're Pentecostal. 
most of the people, if not all of the people who've been on this podcast, believe in the power of the Holy Spirit. And there's something to be said of shrugging off the fact that we're not known by love. You know, that's, if we're going to believe that God is in us, that's a pretty powerful statement. And I think we should believe in the power that can make that happen. You know, if we're going to believe in miracles, why not believe in that miracle? Why not be a part of that miracle? See, and uh, a part of that is, you know, that other side of the coin, it's not just about changing us. It's about changing people's opinions of us. Us as a four billion person group, uh, which is borderline impossible. Yeah. And that's, uh, and that's why it's called a miracle. Yeah. And that's where some of the Bible can get confusing. And I know people hate when someone says that. But Jesus also said, hey, they hated me, so they're going to hate you. So are they going to hate us? Are they going to know us for our love? How do both of those things work together? You know, are they going to hate us because we love each other? That that doesn't seem to make sense. Oh, yeah? <laughs> uh, uh, I think people usually hate people for loving each other. Because the Bible also oh, yeah? says that whole thing, uh, love, joy, peace, all this, against such there is no law. I've got a political party that would like to speak with you. All right, go ahead. It's... Uh, yeah, that's a different kind of love. Uh, that doesn't count. I think the kind of love that they're talking about in the Bible, I don't think anybody really gets angry about that kind of love. Right. Like, how yeah. dare you give everything to help another person? Most people don't care if you give everything to help another person or not. I don't know. I wouldn't put it past uh, some of these people. Politics are disgusting. We should not get a political podcast. We shouldn't do one of those. Those would be fun. I, I refuse to. So, although I do listen to the CNN briefing podcast, it comes on two times a day. It lasts like three minutes. It's nice to know what's going on in the world. I disagree. Sometimes it's nice. Sometimes it's well, weird it's because uh, they say it so quickly that some of the stuff that happens just doesn't sound real. Um, a couple weeks ago, I was listening when uh. You know, that thing Donald Trump said, yeah, we'll just shoot him in the leg. Because they just say it. Because they have three minutes to cover everything, so they don't ease you into it or anything. It's like, oh, and today Donald Trump said he wants to shoot people in the leg. Uh, it's like, what? <laughs> no context. Just throwing that out there like that. Oh, okay. Good to know. To be fair, if you went to the CNN website, you would still get no context for that quote, so. Yeah, pro- probably not. But, uh. That that's my review of the CNN briefing podcast. You're all welcome. Right. Thanks for listening today. <laughs> uh, follow oh, us. Uh, so, <laughs> other people of significance in the Bible, Paul, who wrote a majority of the New Testament, was ready to die for church unity. Uh, if you notice, his entire ministry is trying to unite the Gentile believers and the Jewish believers, so the people who started believing in Jesus who came out of Judaism, so they believed all these laws and different stuff and are now believing Jesus with that, and these Gentiles who came from all these pagan rituals and are bringing Jesus into that, and he's saying, we we, we can all be united, it's fine. Jesus is the only thing that matters. And that was, in that time, that was a really difficult thing. You know, that's, um, today, I think it would be the equivalent of someone like us coming out and being like, yeah, 
Catholics believe in all these rituals. They believe that when they take the Eucharist, it literally becomes Jesus's body. Uh, we don't believe any of that. They have a liturgy. Our church just kind of sings worship, does what we want, and screams in tongues sometimes. Jesus is what matters. We can all get along. It's it's cool. And I don't think people realize how radical that is sometimes. You know, in Paul's day, it was far more radical than in our day. He was just kind of, yeah, they're doing these pagan rituals, but it, it's cool. That's not what matters. And yeah, they're still holding on to the law. It's cool. That's not what matters. Right. And he spent his entire life after he was converted doing that ministry, which I want to pause, make sure everybody knows. Paul and Saul, same name. He didn't get his name changed when he was converted. That's not a thing. If you read the book of Acts, it actually says Saul, whose name was also Paul. And it does not say that once he got saved. It says that several chapters after, during his ministry. And the reason for that actually has a lot to do with unity. Um, Saul was a Jewish name. Paul was the Roman version of the same name. Um, it would be like, I don't know, someone going by Jose, who grew grew up in a Hispanic community his whole life, and then changing his name, the way his name's pronounced to whatever, whenever he came to America. Yeah, yeah people don't really do that, so it's a hard example. No, they don't. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah, I'm trying to come up with a good equivalent. My last name kind of works. It was originally well, French. It was pronounced Noel. And then uh, as the Germans kind of came in, in order to not to, you know, get killed or cause any ruckus or anything, they started pronouncing it Noel. They kept the same spelling. <laughs> it's the same name. But yeah, it went from Noel to Noel. Saul just went from Saul to Paul. It's the same name in that culture, just pronounced differently. And he did it so that he could appeal more to the Gentiles, bring them more into the faith, and let them feel more united to the Jewish believers, which is where he came from. And what's crazy is uh, if you read Romans 15, in his letter there, he's talking to them, and so someone prophesies in everything that if Paul goes to Jerusalem, he's going to get killed. And he said, yeah, that's okay. He needed to go to Jerusalem to submit to the church there because everybody thought that he was at odds with them, that the church in Jerusalem and Paul weren't agreeing. And he's like, no, i got to go show that I still love my Jewish brothers. So he goes to Jerusalem, even though he was prophesied he was going to die. And he shaves his head bald has blood sprinkled on it, goes through this intense like three-day ritual just so that he can show, hey, I still love the Jewish people. He's doing the same ritual as the Jews who are Christians there to show, hey, I'm not against the Jewish law. I'm just letting people know it's not necessary. He did all of that just so that the Jerusalem church would see that he still agrees with them. He's not at odds with them. He couldn't you know, send them a text real quick or tweet out, yo, I love the church at Jerusalem. He had to physically go there to prove it and go through all he, these rituals. He had to get hazed. Yeah, yeah, basically. Right. Yeah, Paul had to go get hazed. <laughs> if you look at that, it's in Romans 15, and then Acts 21 is when he goes there and he does all that. And he does it to make a point. And he does end up getting arrested there and eventually ends up being taken to Rome. And depending on how you read things and research... 
Paul may have died in Rome for that. He might not have. But we, we're not really sure. But he was willing to risk his life. He thought that he was going to die there. And he was okay with it. Because for Paul, unity was such an important thing that he spent his entire ministry preaching about it and was willing to give up his life to make it happen. And I think that's the kind of commitment everyone should have about unity for the church. And that's why it's so important to me. Not only is it the only prayer of Jesus that we can do something about, it's also what Paul's entire ministry was about. He was willing to die for and that was the guy who wrote most of the New Testament. So that's pretty crazy to me. Um, so that's, that's the unity stuff. Um, more than that, I still think peace is really important. Um, not that we're a peace podcast, but peace and unity kind of go hand in hand, even though they're not the same thing. Wouldn't you think? Yeah, well, you can't be unified with someone and not have peace. That usually leads to some grinding of the gears. Yeah. Well, and also... If we're going to be one unit, we have to be in agreement with how we treat the rest of the world. You know, I can't say we're going to be just as united as the Godhead and TJ's out on the corner street telling people they're going to hell for this, that, and the other. And I'm over here trying to let them know that they're loved and accepted by their father. So I should stop. People. (laughs) Or I should start. Yeah. But people, people aren't going to confuse us as one unit if we can't agree on how to address the rest of the world. And that's why, for me, even though we're a church unity podcast, peace is still such an important thing to talk about. Um, we talked with my cousin Judy a couple weeks back about um, Muslims and Methodist talk. Because uh, we're not going to be united with Muslims. We can't be. We believe fundamentally different. But we can be at peace with them, and I think that's what the Bible tells us to do. And uh, I'm getting that primarily from Hebrews. If you look at uh, chapter 12, starting in verse 14, uh, we don't know who the writer of Hebrews was, but uh, it says, Pursue peace with all men, and the sanctification without which no one will see the Lord. See to it that no one comes short of the grace of God, that no root of bitterness springing up causes trouble, and by it many be defiled that there be no immoral or godless person like Esau who sold his own birthright for a single meal. For you know that even afterwards, when he desired to inherit the blessing, he was rejected, for he found no place for repentance, though he sought it with tears. I'm going to read that first part. It says, Pursue peace with all men and the sanctification without which no one will see the Lord. Well, Paul, where, I say Paul, I'm so used to people saying that Paul wrote Hebrews, which he very well might have, but I just always say that. But whoever wrote Hebrews... It starts off with verse 14, saying, Pursue peace with all men, that's literally everyone, and the sanctification without which no one will see the Lord. Which sounds like he's equating pursuing peace with pursuing salvation, or holiness, or being like God at all. It's equal to pursuing peace. So for him, he just kind of lumps it together because it's so fundamentally part of how we should behave as Christians. Which is fascinating when you think about um, what the church is today, or some of Jesus' own words, 
I'm going to look again at Matthew 10, and I'm going to ask TJ questions and let him talk for a while. Uh, Jesus is talking, and he says, Do not think that I came to bring peace on earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I came to set a man against his father, and a daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law, and a man's enemies will be the members of his household. He who loves his father or mother more than me is not worthy of me, and he who loves his son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me, and he who does not take his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. He who has found his life will lose it, and he who has lost his life for my sake will find it. So, in one section of the Bible, in Hebrews, we have pursue peace, and that's equal to salvation. And in another place, Jesus says, hey, I didn't come to bring peace. I came to bring a sword. Which which is it, TJ? Uh, well, you see, I, I feel I've seen before people refer to uh, the Bible as a sword. I'm not saying that could possibly be related at all. But, so the Bible uh, does not bring peace. No. That's that's why I said that's not what I'm saying. Oh, sad. But also, yeah, the Bible can't bring peace on its own. It's a it's a book. Well, it can't do anything unless we use it. Unless we utilize the Bible for what it's meant for. To educate, enlighten, unite us under a word, and uh, that's really as much as I've ever thought about it, because that's a good enough answer for me, personally. But, you know. Yeah. Well, I don't know. It's, it's difficult, because... I, I like reading all the way through because it's important to see that Jesus is saying, don't love your mother and father more than me. Not saying don't love them. Although in another place of the Bible, Jesus does say, he who doesn't hate his mother and father cannot follow me. Um, but what I think Jesus means by a lot of that, he uses really strong language to make the point that this stuff isn't what's important. What's important is me and God. But he also, he does clearly say, I didn't come to bring peace. Um, and when we think about what peace means, calm and quietness, Jesus did not bring that. <laughs> he brought a lot of controversy, a lot of discussion. Um, I think when you introduce the gospel to someone who doesn't know the gospel, you know, it starts off with, hey, you're a sinner. That doesn't bring peace. No, that uh, that tends to make people angry. Yeah. Even <laughs> though, no matter who you tell that to, uh, you're right. You're yeah, everyone's a sinner. Correct. Yeah, but that's always like been my favorite part of Christian ridicule. Like, oh, yeah, you're preaching the word, and you're still committing sins. Like, uh, yes, <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That that is a thing. But uh, yeah, actually, it, everyone is. It seems to me uh, we've been giving shout outs to so many of our other podcasts, but uh, PN's podcast, Scholarly Talk. He, if you look into his book, Pete Ann talks about how the Bible actually works, which is the name of the book, how the Bible actually works. Great read. Talks about a lot of the Bible does, and a lot of religious literature as a whole does that actually, where, you know, even um, like the Tao Te Ching does it a whole lot, where they will say two things that seem controversy, but really shows a greater truth. 
So I think it seems like the Bible's not agreeing with itself. You know, one hand it says, I come not to bring peace. The other hand says, I have peace with everyone. But I think in reality, we have to understand that when we bring the gospel to people, that's not going to cause peace. It's going to cause, you know, the, it says what the sword, the Bible's a sword that rips through bone and marrow, that rips through your entire life and shows you that you are messed up. That doesn't bring peace. But no, we are still... a very peaceful picture. Yeah, but we are still to be at peace with everyone. And, and I, I think really what that looks like is Anytime I get to share the gospel, I share it with the understanding that it's going to rip someone's life apart. Because if you don't die to yourself, you can't be saved. I don't care who you tell it to. The gospel will ruin their life so that they can have a better one. But it will ruin their life. It is how that works. So I should always take any chance I can to share the gospel with an understanding that it will do that. But I also should live in such a way that I'm not intentionally causing controversy. You know, um, going back to, we, we talked about Muslims. Um, you know, if I get a chance to talk to a Muslim about Jesus, I'm going to do it with the understanding that it's going to cause controversy. But outside of that conversation, I'm going to do everything that I possibly can, like the Bible says, to have peace with any Islamic believer that I can. It's, uh, it's the most benevolent way you can try to ruin someone's life. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Benevolently but that ruin everyone's life. <laughs> that that's what we're telling people to do. Be kind, be gentle, ruin their life. <laughs> for the better. Oh uh, yeah. Ruin their life for the better. Hashtag Tiberius One. Everybody tweet that right now. Cause uh we have a Twitter but don't use it, so we need you guys to. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Everyone else tweet for us. Oh, yeah. We're crowdsourcing our Twitter now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you guys just do it. We're fans of you guys. <laughs> oh, and, uh, so with that, with the unity piece, <laughs> a big thing that we've talked about before on the podcast is Ephesians 4 and 5. We yes. We talk about Ephesians 4 a little bit more, but we've talked about both of them a considerable amount. Good chapters. They're okay. They're all right. That's how we started this podcast, I think. The first two or three episodes were just about those two chapters, right? Uh, I think it was just me then. So maybe excellent you don't question. Know. I think that's true. Someone fact check me later. So uh, when you look at Ephesians 4 and 5, uh, you see quite a few things, actually. it's They're pretty densely packed two chapters. They're not that long. They're both around 30 verses, I want to say. Correct. And it's got just this one overarching message of, you know, be united, be one. It says, emphasizes one quite a few times, actually. Yeah. And uh, Well, the whole book of Ephesians is Paul trying to tell the church at Ephesus what it means to be the church in the first place. So it's interesting that such a large chunk of that letter is about being one. Right. It's really, it always refers to the church as we, yeah. or us. I don't think we've gotten to a lot of it on the podcast before, but I think the end of chapter five is, he's even talking about how the families should behave in church so that we're better united. Yeah, it it's is. It's really practical it's, uh, stuff. 
it's just a few chapters before the end. It talks about man and wife, man and child, uh, mother, father. Actually, we last night's service we went to uh, Harvest Ministries, and uh, Stephen Puckett was speaking. Love Stephen. Yeah, great guy. Hopefully, we have him on the podcast sometime. But uh, he was talking a lot about um, being intentional and being. Let's see, there was three eyes. It was intense, intentional, and impactful. That's that's what it was. And it was just really. He was talking about uh, everything you do, viewing it through the lens of your faith. You know, you don't have your church life and then your secular life. It's you're bringing, you know, church fills your cup up and then you're going into your work life or whatever with the mindset of, okay, what I'm doing right now is for the glory of God. What I'm doing right now, I do through Christ. And I think that's, that's a lot of what the end of Ephesians five is doing is, Hey, the church is one part of that includes your family getting along and viewing your entire life through the lens of, trying to be united with the church. You know, I don't think it's enough to just view your lens through God, through your lens, through Jesus. Um, Christianity isn't a personal religion. You know, the, the phrase a lot of people throw out personal savior doesn't exist in the Bible. When the Bible talks about salvation, it's um, Jesus died for the whole world. It's, Hey, be united as we are united. It's you're known by your love for one another. Salvation is a communal thing. Right. Like, yeah, he is your really savior. Practical. He's also everyone else's savior. Yeah. Well, and I think when you really study the Bible, what you see is what salvation is, is you die to yourself, and then you become part of this bigger thing that is the church, the whole church. And what sanctification is, is after you are saved, working out your salvation in such a way that you are fully united to the rest of the church. And that's what salvation is. I think that's why in Hebrews, he says, peace with all men and working out your salvation as part of the same thing. Because unity is fundamental to salvation. So if you're going to say you're a believer, you have to be united. And that's why it's so important to me. That's why we started this. Is a, it's what salvation is supposed to be. And if the church is really a place that's full of saved people, we should already be known by our love for one another. And since we don't see that, that means there's a big problem. And it's something that I think it's important to address. I know TJ thinks it's important to address. And it's what we're working towards. You know, I don't want to just... Hey, we're going to talk about unity a lot on this podcast. And if you want to hear about unity, tune in here. I want us to actually do stuff about it. And that's where we've I mentioned it to TJ a couple of times. We've talked about it. And we were going to mention it earlier with how you guys could support us. It was um, We really want to try and have an event here in Charlotte and get some churches together and meet up and talk about how we can work together better. Because we don't want to just talk about unity. We want to do it. And that's uh, that. That's what's important to us, right? It's uh, we're not here just to spread awareness. This isn't. Oh, we're a charity to spread the awareness of breast cancer, which is actually fascinating. That a, a prominent charity does. Yeah, I'm not going to get into that. Uh, we're here to make people aware of the problem, and also fix the problem. 
Yeah. Or which do our why, best. Yeah. Which is why we always do our best to ask all of our guests something practical they think we can do. Right. You know, it's uh, 2.07. In 53 minutes, I'll have an alarm go off that tells me to pray with St. Matthew's Catholic Church. And hopefully I do that. You know, I think about um, all the different stuff. I, I think, even though it wasn't something I can do anything about, I know it was really impactful when, um, why can't uh, Nathan Finn, Dr. Nathan Finn, talked about how we need to have our churches combine more. You know, the ones that aren't that different should be part of the same thing. We're over-churched and under-reached, he said. Um, just praying about unity. You know, a lot of people said that's the most practical thing. Or Dr. Jerry Burrito last week. I said burrito. <laughs> Jerry burrito is what I meant to say. Um, I'm hungry, guys. We talked to him last week, and you know, he talked about just being kind to people, being intentional about that. And um, you know, I think a lot of people had a lot of practical things to say, and that's what's important. You know, if if you get one takeaway, skip to like the last ten minutes of the podcast and just listen to what the practical thing from each episode is, and start doing it because we don't want to just be an awareness, like DJ said. We're not a church unity awareness podcast. We want to be a church unity podcast. Yeah. And uh, please take those practical solutions and put them into work in your life. And if they don't work, tell us. Yeah. And if they do work, please tell us. <laughs> that's, that's, uh, that's what we care the most about, is actually seeing it happen. Not just talking about it, but making it happen. Making it a thing. Um, I was going to talk about circles of unity, about how, you know, there's the people you have peace with, and then there's the people you're united with in church, and then there's the people you're super united with, you know, whatever, in denomination, but... Well, you can't even, like, if you're a part of a circle, you can't not be unified. You can't be on one side of a circle. A circle doesn't have sides. Yeah. And I think like, that's that's how I view unity. Is through that. You know, we're all part of one circle. You know, maybe you practice your worship more through the sacraments. Maybe you practice your worship more through just praying. Maybe speaking in tongues in your prayer closet. Maybe you practice your worship, you know, like TJ, playing ping pong, just talking to God. Or like me, and you're out in the wilderness, and you just pray. And God lets you hear a train sound every now and then. You know, we we all might worship different. We all might behave differently in our circle. But if we're part of the same circle, we're united. There is no beginning and end to my relationship with the church and a beginning and end to TJ's relationship. It's just continual. It just keeps going round and round. Yeah. So, practically, TJ, what do you think people can do? Oh, well, if you practically uh, look at Ephesians 5, uh, <laughs> it says, don't talk foolishly. That's it. Just uh, stop talking foolishly. That's it. That's the solution. I think it talks, it's, it doesn't it specifically talk about gossip in that chapter 2, or is that before or after that? Does it? it I'm not sure. Somewhere in Ephesians, it, it talks about not gossiping. I think that's that's actually huge one. You know, a lot of people in church talk about, you know, so-and-so the did this. Or, yeah, the rest of the church. Or, you know, make jokes about, I used to be a Catholic, then I got saved. We talked about that earlier. 
I think really being intentional about what you say, how you say it, yeah. uh, then here's, here's the big one. Apologizing when you said something you shouldn't, because we all do. I think one of the craziest moments, I, I don't want to name drop here, but I remember praying at church camp, Camp Agape. Shout out to those guys. We talked about them before. Um, and I was in the altar and I was praying to God and someone came up to me and was just like, Hey man, like, yeah, I'm sorry. I thought this about you last year. Didn't say anything. He said, I thought this about you once and I'm sorry. I needed to get that off my chest right now. And he was like, I was like, whoa. He's like, yeah. And I only thought it because I heard somebody else say something and I took that to heart and I shouldn't have. I just let gossip creep in to the church and I'm sorry for that. And I was like, wow. It was so weird because like someone thinking bad about me would never have offended me, but someone coming and apologizing to me and making that statement about gossip in the church spoke just measures to me. Maybe that's a good practical takeaway for the day. Find someone you've gossiped about or said something about, or maybe someone who belongs to a denomination you've cracked a bad joke about and apologize. I think apologizing is one of the most practical, best things we can do, because we've all made mistakes like that. So, as far as a practical solution to unity, it's really extremely difficult. You know? Yeah. It is. I think practically, we have to rely on the Spirit to do it. We have to actually believe it, though. We can't just... And that's my big thing. We can't just say, oh, we're all different, so can't do anything about it. We can't just say, oh, well, you know, we're human, can't do anything about it. We have to actually believe the Holy Spirit's at work and act as though we believe that the Spirit's going to work a miracle of unity where we are today. And that being said, it's not leave it to the Spirit. Spirit will fix it. You don't do that. You still have to be intentional about founding that relationship, that unity and peace with others. I I know what I want, what I'm trying to get at. So, I mean, it's, it's been a few years now, but uh, our friend Izzy told me a story once. He was with a pastor and somebody else, and they were at the gym. And the someone else got got hurt, and he was on the ground and needed an ambulance or whatever. pastor said, wait, first, let's pray. And they prayed for him, and then as soon as they said amen, he called the ambulance. And that bothered Izzy, because he was like, wait, are we not even going to see if the prayer worked? What do you mean? Did you really have faith if you just immediately call because you assume he's still hurt? And I'm like, you know? As ridiculous as that sounds, I think Izzy's right. I think if you immediately end your prayer and then go back to assuming that it didn't do anything, it's like, what what was the point of praying? So let's pray for unity. Let's believe in the miracle of unity. And instead of acting like it didn't do anything, let's act like God did what he said he's going to do. Act like we're already united. See what happens. And that'd be a great way to do it. If you act like you're united long enough, eventually you will be. Yeah. So uh, pray for it and act like God already did it. 
Yeah. Right. And uh, TJ, if we did that, what do you think the repercussions of that would be? Well, uh, let's see. The ramifications of pretending to be unified. Uh, I think that's definitely not what we should do. Uh, I think it's what we might have to do. But as far as long-term effects, I think we'll see, in general, more unity. See people being friendlier to each other. I think... I don't want to say pretend. Don't pretend. I think if you actually pray and believe that the Spirit will unite us, I think we will be united. I just want to go ahead and put that much faith in the Spirit and in the miracle of unity. Because at this point, honestly, ever, it is a miracle for us to be united. But I believe in miracles, so I think it will happen. Right. Yeah. And with that, we are actually at the end of the episode. I'm trying to do the theme music, you know. Yeah. That Please someone's, don't copyright us. Someone's writing a new theme music right now, so I'm, I'm oh, trying to do it. Definitely. That was definitely Star Wars music, Josh. I thought I started with Superman and then transitioned to Star Wars. Kind of. Someone please, we'll do our please make us theme music. <laughs> oh yeah. Did you have one of those? So, Josh, you can start your God Moment of the Week. You didn't want to start? No. Can my God Moment of the Week be the entire week? Um, I'm going to say yes. Only, only if you vividly explain the entire week. I'm not going to vividly explain the entire week, but All right. I'll, I had one of those weeks where I was more observant of my own life, if that makes sense. And I just, you know, I realized there was a couple nights where I got to have dinner and a drink and sit down and watch American Horror Story with my fiance. And we met with our pastor and started marriage counseling. And we went to a Florida State game. And I was just like in our house. And I was like, Kyle. I'm in a good place right now. It's one of those few times where I stop to appreciate that I'm in a good place right now. And it wasn't any one specific thing. It's just been a continual the last week, me being like, God, hey, thanks for this great place I'm in right now. I like life. I like it a lot right now. And that's, I hate to say it, it's kind of a rare thing for me to sit back and be like, I like life right now. But uh, that's where I'm at. So I think it's good. All right. My uh, my God moment of the week is obviously much much more important. Uh, Far more. Yeah, we've uh, got tickets. Well, we've got a plan to get tickets to my first actual NHL game. So. Whoa! Really? What? Yeah. Uh, are you gonna watch the Hurricanes? Yeah. Of course. Do y'all like yell cocaine or something? Or. No. Do you whisper cocaine? Cocaine. Take warning. What? Take warning. Y'all say take warning? Yeah. What's that? Or go canes. You yell pretty much take warning like a hurricane. Okay, that makes sense, yeah. Like you, you take. wave the flag and say take warning, there's a hurricane. <laughs> gotcha. Hey. That's a reason why one of the journeys the jerseys is a hurricane warning flag. Oh. 
Yeah, I didn't even know that. That's crazy. Good stuff. Well, guys, uh, if you guys want to watch uh, Hurricane Game with TJ, just buy him another ticket, and you can go with him. Um, uh, yeah, we're going go. February 23rd, 28th. Oh, nice. Please, uh, come nice. to Raleigh, sit with us. Yeah, get him other tickets. Go to those other games with him. He will go to literally any Hurricane Game, any of them. Well, As long as he doesn't have to pay, because he doesn't have money. Neither of us do. Which is why you should support us on Patreon. <laughs> support us so that I can go see the Hurricanes on January 11th. That's not what we use the Patreon money for. We use it for that the whole only list time of things he said we need. They'll uh, they'll be wearing their fourth jerseys January 11th. So. <laughs> Alright. But, uh... Yeah. And if you guys have any God Moment of the Week of yourself that you'd like to share, email us at thewholechurch at gmail.com or comment on our Facebook or Instagram or whatever. And, um, you know, we read that comment earlier from Demay. And we would love to read more comments. Like I said, you know, that was one that Trinity Church shared on their own Facebook. And then I went to their shared profile and looked at comments and found that. You know, we any way you can give us feedback, we love it. I think that was our first constructive feedback was working on audio. Feed. You know, usually people are like, hey, y'all are great. Which we love hearing that we're great. But, um. I'm also no, really stop, like stop telling us we're good. We don't want to hear that. <laughs> we we do. We love that. Tell but, us how uh, we can be better. Yeah, I, I like. I really appreciate the constructive criticism, um, Demay. If you're listening, thank you a lot. And um, if anybody else has anything else you think we could work on, we really want to hear about it. We want to do the best we can to represent God and the kingdom and what we do with this podcast. Um, Even just tell us in person. My, yeah, uh, we've shared mother, those before. Yeah. My mother the other day, after she listened to our, oh, what did we title that one? The one with Father Jonathan of Metasophia. Oh, yeah. the um, She was listening Greek to Orthodox it and paused it. Oh, Greek Orthodox Church. Okay. And she came and said, hey, this guy's really smart. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> he is. We love him. Um, yeah. Hopefully we have him on again soon. But, yeah, that being said. There's a whole slew of ways that you guys could support us and follow us. Of course, whatever your favorite podcast streaming service is, you know, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the popular ones, Stitcher, you know, whatever you guys listen to, you can follow us there. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, etc. Um, we need someone to help run the Twitter. We need help with all the things that TJ mentioned earlier, um, audio, sound, stuff, new computer, uh, travel expenses. Um, I, I can't think of everything, but uh, you know, graphic design. We really need someone to design a cover photo for us. If anyone is willing and able, um, so yeah, you can do that and support us and follow us in all of those ways. Uh, did I miss anything, TJ? All right. Well, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and uh, follow us on Twitter, and then direct message us about running the Twitter. <laughs> first come, Please first serve. Yeah. We'll, we'll let you all run the Twitter, actually. Yeah, everyone actually gets the password. <laughs> yeah, we'll just post the password for our Twitter account and let everybody run it. Yeah, we're, we're now crowdsourcing our Twitter. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, so that being said, uh, can you think of any future guests? Future guests? We have... Uh, Father Pat. We have a lot of people, actually. Yeah. We've got Father Pat again. Recording with him next week. Got to Lance and Wayne eventually. Uh, we're gonna 
Thomas that one. Gary Stewart. Oh. Um, we had we had a we already recorded this episode. We were supposed to be oh. this week's. Um, TJ's going to go back over and have to dub his voice in because it didn't record his part. So that'll be interesting if you guys want to hear that. We've got Brother McLaughlin, of course, Brother Jeff White. Yeah, um, Pastor Scott Suckovit from the Lutheran Church in Charlotte. Um, I've been speaking to Michael from St. Michael's. I don't know if it's Father or Pastor Michael. It's one of those things. But uh, he's from St. Michael's. And it's an Anglican church here. I've been talking to some people from the Reformed Theology Ceremony in Charlotte. Ceremony. Seminary. I'll get, well, I'll get that one right eventually. Um, Same thing. Yeah. Uh, Sister Rose from Union CW, as well as Pastor Matt Moorhead from Crossway in Wilmington. Um, a few others, but most importantly at the end of this season. Right. At the end of this season, uh, we will have one Francis Chan. He just, he just doesn't know it. <laughs> Thank you guys for listening.